Welcome back uh, to another episode of Mutual Aberration Society. Um, as always, I am Ryan Jackson, and today um, I'm going to be talking about a exploitation film from 1997 uh, called A Gun for Jennifer. And my guest to talk about this movie is a return guest, uh, Mark Palermo. Um, Mark needs no introduction because Mark's given his own introduction before <laughs> on previous episodes. So uh, I'll just well, say have people heard every episode. Like, I mean, I, mean I, I guess if they should, you know, I mean, real, real true uh, mutual aberration society heads should have. But that's a, yeah, assume that they have it. I'm always yeah. I, I will say this uh, refer back to, <laughs> to that episode <laughs> to get a little bit more of uh, Mark's. Uh, more in in depth introduction, but if you want to, Mark, uh, you can quickly, briefly, uh, clue in those who are probably first time listeners who you are. Oh, okay. Um, well, as Ryan said, I'm a return guest on uh, Mutual Aberration Society. Um, yeah, I'm a screenwriter. I just started a new podcast. It's called Movies and Chaos. We're biweekly, meaning every two weeks, not twice a week. Um, and yeah, our first episode came out last week. So I listened to that first episode, and um, is that is that podcast more more going to be just along the lines of stuff that's specifically programmed for? Uh... That's kind of how we're structuring it. So Serena Whitney, who's the co-host of it, is uh, the programmer of the Review Cinema in Toronto, which thriller, Thrillerama, right? That you do. yeah, and I, I do the Thrillerama in Halifax, Thrillama. And, Thrillama. and and we both kind of show like older cult movies instead of. You know, new films. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think that that's kind of like gives us structure of what to talk about, but it's basically about why certain movies still have audiences today. What is their cult appeal that's made them last? What's different about them? How they play for an audience today versus when they first came out? And, or what stuff in them is also, you know, would be termed problematic now, or why don't people care? You know, what works anyway. Right. right. right? So yeah. a movie like, uh, a gun for Jennifer would would definitely yeah. Yeah, would, it would probably play. <laughs> well, <laughs> so let's I mean, get into it. Let's get into it. So, all right, yeah. we'll, we'll start. So, I'll read the letterbox synopsis uh, for A Gun for Jennifer, and then we can talk a little mm -hmm. bit more in detail about it. So, here it goes: A Gun for Jennifer, nineteen ninety-seven, directed by Todd Morris. Dead men don't rape. That's a memorable. <laughs> Uh, that's a memorable like, like blur tagline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tagline. <laughs> uh, a woman yeah. a woman comes to New York City from Ohio to escape an abusive husband and gets entangled with murderous female vigilantes who prey on abusive men. Okay, so yes, mm -hmm. that is in fact the premise uh, for a gun for Jennifer. Now, a few things that uh, I would like to say about this movie is it is clearly a uh, what I, I would describe as um a exploitation film in, in, in every sense of the every sense of the word. It's a very kind of mm -hmm. kind of it's definitely a gritty sort of uh actually and, and it, it it's one of the things about this movie that I actually appreciate. You know? And you can say uh mm -hmm. if you do as well, but it's very sincere in a way that like movies that you see that that kind of are exploitation movies of today are are sort of not which is like 
mm-hmm. exploitation movies that you see today are very lean into that the fact that they are and they're very almost you know tongue-in-cheek and in on the sort of thing with you right. and, and movies like this are very earnest you know like they're very much there's not they're not they're not joking they're not winking at the audience um and, and a gun yeah. for jennifer is definitely uh would you agree not one uh, of them. I, I would agree with that yeah i mean i i kind of read around the internet trying to find some things about this movie too and some of the like letterbox reviews were comparing it to you know death proof and kind of this uh more modern grindhouse era but i'm wondering i don't did i agree with you that it's an exploitation film but i'm wondering did they set out to make a grindhouse movie or does it just end up being that way due to budget reasons you know that's 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 a question that i myself have uh for it because i mean honestly from what i know about it now and, and what i know about the director the director he's a uh todd he's a uh new york-based filmmaker i mean obviously this movie's literally shot in new york mm-hmm. but he's an independent filmmaker and he only has a few credits uh as director you know um and it's very interesting when i dug into sort of a little bit of, of what i could find about him um it seems to be that like he kind of He's married to a woman who's also a filmmaker herself. Wait, is the star of this movie his partner? No, I, no. I kind of got that impression. Okay, okay. Okay, she she's not at all. Uh, actually, she uh, is an actor. Uh, obviously, <laughs> right. right. Um, uh, but but I looked into her a little bit too because she also wrote the screenplay. Uh, to with along yeah. with with the director. She wrote it with him, yeah, and she yeah. has a bunch of other credits. Uh, uh, as an actor, Deborah Twist or Deb twist. Uh, but this is her first future feature length starring role. This is her first movie. Um, mm-hmm. but when I looked into her, I mean, she's done a lot of TV. Um, she's married to another, she's married to another guy. It's not him. It's, uh, his, I believe she has two children with this, with him. Uh, his, his name is McCann. I'm coming off of head. I don't really mm-hmm. remember his full name. Um, okay. but yeah, like these, th- this movie is made by people who, who have careers, on the margins, you know what I mean? Um, which mm-hmm. is, which is, you know, kind of, you know, what I like to talk about anyways, <laughs> you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, it's very, it's a very interesting movie. And in just in, in, in the fact that like, it never got an American release like ever. Um, and a, mm-hmm. a big, a big part of that was, uh, the music rights issues, um, oh. from, from, from what I looked into it, they said, you know, like there's music in this movie that just, they can't, you know, get the rights to, it's too expensive, uh to do so given mm, um, yeah that'll do it so but it it, it played i read it played like fantasia, fantasia. yeah in montreal yeah. Mm-hmm. to 900 people who loved it mm-hmm. um and i don't know i mean the the version of the film that i watched um it wasn't like the highest quality mm-hmm. like video quality and I, but i feel like that kind of added it did to, right to the that's my the ver- Go ahead. The sorry, movie ahead. looks like it costs about three hundred dollars, <laughs> um, but but I relate to that. I used mm. to make movies like that. I sometimes mm. still do, um, and I don't know. There's the, that's kind of a style of like no budget filmmaking that I think is really cool, and and you don't really get to see stuff like that um, in yeah. feature form much from around the world, right? Yeah, it's got that. Mm-hmm. It's shot on sixteen millimeter. I think they blew it up to thirty five for the theatrical. But like it's got that grain and the and like even the 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 like the copies that we watched is very like 
grainy and it's it's not like it's like yeah. almost uh pristine and it's unpristineness. <laughs> Is that for a sure, word? For sure. Unpristineness. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean I'm sure there's a uh, uh antonym to that but i don't know what it is but, but like I, I mean i did i do feel like this movie came out in 1997 right yeah or, or yeah. It, it played then mm -hmm. it, it took three years to make mm -hmm. but the look of it is very you know it's in this like giuliani era new york but it, it looks like pre-giuliani in a way like a movie yeah. like maniac looks or yeah certain black exploitation movies look and i think it has kind of a similar energy to some of those too yeah it's really it's really shot in new york city um and it's really shot a, at mm -hmm. a time or in areas of new york city that weren't completely uh like this, cleaned this, up. Yeah. yeah cleaned up and gentrified and, and it and it definitely has more um it definitely is it definitely has taxi driver vibes a little bit you know what i'm saying in terms of for just, sure in For terms sure. of like that gritty portrayal of New York City, uh, which is another aspect of this movie that I think works really well in this favor. Um, I know some of the criticisms are like some of the acting is very amateurish, which I agree with. But it's also one of those uh, instances where that is sort of another aspect of the movie's charm. You know, um, agreed. Yeah. yeah. And it's all all the actors are non-union in this, too, mm -hmm. which I read. So yeah. you probably haven't seen them as, in too much else. <laughs> yeah. So to, to, so to let people like, we'll kind of just. I'll try to just do the, the boilerplate walk through a little bit of the movie. So, mm -hmm. so the movie starts when we're sort of like introduced to like this, this guy, Josh, who's like a, uh, a serial rapist of some kind. Um, uh, <laughs> I guess, wait, 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 but so he's, he's listening to answering machine messages. Yeah. Um, his dad calls him. I, I, I like went through this part like four times. I cannot understand what his dad says in a crucial moment <laughs> of what he's accuses him of doing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's something to the effect of like, Josh, I'm done with you. This is a, you can't do this anymore. I'm done. And then like, while meanwhile, yeah. while he's listening to this, he's looking at these Polaroid pictures of like these women mm -hmm. that he's basically, you know, uh, done all sorts of uh, unspeakable things to. Um, uh, and it's pretty like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, like they make no, 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 uh, qualms about like setting it up like this guy's a piece of shit yeah so then, like, and as his dad calls him he's like lighting up a bong at the same yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah of course and then like seconds later you know we see like five uh like ski masked figures like break into his apartment um mm -hmm. and they proceed to uh cut off his dick <laughs> uh, essentially it's or, implied I mean, or, I mean, it, it cuts that second yeah yeah we don't get to quite see that it, it holds back on that um it doesn't hold back in other moments as actually as... actually i mean not to get too raunchy on here mm -hmm. i think they just cut off his balls because we see him naked in the police station later right they probably did they probably and that's what them. that's what it looks like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you're right you're right you're right you're right about that uh you, you are exactly right because there is a full frontal shot so they definitely mm -hmm. he definitely kept his dick um but yeah the balls they're gone um so yeah your, your, so your listeners need these details yeah <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh so then like following that um we're introduced to our our protagonist um she's a young woman from ohio um shout out to hometown girl um <laughs> oh yeah um where's she from like she says, like she's from Steuben. Steubenville. Steubenville. Is, is that um, real? Yeah, that's that a real place. place. Steubenville, Ohio, yeah. is a real place. Um, there's some controversy about like Steubenville about um what was it like, 
with the young kids with the two football players and the girl at the party, the Steubenville rape case or something, I believe. Um, oh, oh, which okay. actually kind of, you know, weirdly aligns with the movie thematically. Um, right. Yeah, wow. strangely. You know, and this was made before that even happened. Uh, but she's mm-hmm. from like a Steubenville, Ohio. Um, and she's she gets off of, I guess, a bus and she's in New York City. Um, and we see her walking along 42nd Street, uh, the, the place you want to be, the deuce. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and she's nearly uh, she's she's assaulted and nearly uh, raped by like a pair of just scumbags, you know, random scumbags on the street. But uh, she's rescued uh, by a group of ski mask women who we saw kill Josh, a militant group of women. Um, and they mm-hmm. basically shoot and kill these guys and, and, and kind of like take her away. And well, the, well, they make her sh- kill him. Right. You're right. You're right. That's an important, good, good catch mark. And, an and, and I find, I, I mean, I, I don't really know where this movie stands politically, I guess it's sort of hard to make mm-hmm. sense of for me in a way, mm-hmm. but they force her to become a killer. And yeah. like the, she's not allowed to leave. Yeah, you're right, right. Because so so they kill one guy, right? Because he's like mm-hmm. one guy's fleeing. It's actually the black guy who's like kind of not not down with mm-hmm. the because like they they're they're gonna just rob her, but then the white guy is trying to do more. He's trying to actually rape her, and the black guy's like, I'm not down with this shit. Like fuck right. you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He runs off, but he gets shot. And then um, when they get when they pull the man off of of of, of Jennifer, which is not her real name, her name is Allison, but we'll get into that. When they pull her off. Mm-hmm. When they pull him off of her and they get they they help her up, one woman has her hold the gun and shoot him. Like basically she's shooting her with her own because she's like pulling the trigger for her while holding yeah. it. It's basically yeah, you it's know, like when um, your sibling makes you punch yourself in the yeah, face. Yeah, right? yeah. Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Making her complicit, right? Uh in, mm-hmm. in the murder of this guy. And then they they take her away. Um, and that's when they kind of like ask her who she is and she makes up a name on the spot, um, which is she tells them she's Jennifer, which is why this movie is called A Gun for Jennifer. And the women know mm-hmm. her as Jennifer, even though her real name, as we discover, is actually Allison, because Allison makes the mistake that uh, I believe uh, the same mistake that was made in True, true Romance by Christian Slater. Uh, she leaves her ID, her driver's license behind, <laughs> which <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> because the detectives I wonder, uh, wonder if they got it from there. It feels like this movie came out first, but it didn't. Okay. It, it didn't. It's 97, right? But it feels older. Yeah, it, feels it feels like older it's, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it does. It feels like an older movie. Um, so basically, you know, this woman has a checkered past and we don't really quite understand exactly why she left Ohio, but we do end up discovering a little bit later when we really get the, the full the full backstory. But so basically, uh, Jennifer or Allison, but we'll just call her Jennifer. She's basically unwillingly kind of uh, inducted into this group of women vigilantes, you know, who who saved her ass. Um, and at that point, you know, she gets put into work as a job. Like, well, that, you know, she gets put into work working at this like strip club or go-go i don't know if you want to call it go-go bar like you know but the women is yeah. the one of the women is literally like has her breast out so i don't know it's, it's like a strip bar i guess i mean they all work there right yeah they yeah. all work there you know and and yeah. and the uh main uh i'm trying to remember what's what's the uh what's the main uh, uh is it jesse is she the main the one? ringleader is jesse right yeah i believe yeah. that i believe that's her name Let, let's look at the cast here real quick she's like uh, the craziest one sort of right <laughs> yes 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 yeah. J- jesse is 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 the like the ringleader and she mm-hmm. her sister um 
is Trish, right? Is that her name? I believe it's Trish. Am I, am I... Sounds right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and and basically, uh, because initially Jennifer slash Allison wants to leave, you know, she's like, I don't want to be here. But then she's warned by Jesse's sister, like, listen, like, they're not going to just let you go, like, because mm-hmm. you witnessed them kill someone. Plus, and then Jennifer says, well, no, I actually did it too. I helped. You know, I killed one guy, you know, which I mean, technically, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know, you know if she had a way out of Willingly, yeah. you know, you unwillingly yeah. killed the guy. But yeah, mm-hmm. so, but basically she ends up having to stay with the girls and she falls in with the group. Um, mm-hmm. And again, like you get a, you get a sense like of who these women are. Like it's, there's a strong, like uh feminist undercurrent, you know what I mean? Throughout the movie. Because mm-hmm. these women are all very like, you know, like hell bent on like making you know men pay right which is like making certain shitty men pay for for sort of like their their the shit that they do you know specifically to 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 women in general right Mm -hmm. and like jennifer is sort of like unwillingly kind of like taken along for the ride uh because she's like we don't under we don't completely understand why she's she's in new york but we get a sense of because she does tell the girls that she was once married and she was in an abusive relationship with her husband and yep. like she left yeah. you know Tomato but we don't saw us incident right yeah, <laughs> so, yeah 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 but we don't really know exactly you know yeah. any more details than what she tells us and what they kind of briefly show us in flashback uh about that so you know that doesn't really stop because the women are hell-bent on like being sort of like these vigilante groups and 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 mm-hmm. they continue they, they they take jennifer with her you know with them when they decide to like uh you know commit more uh street justice right and like basically yep. you know um there's one instance where they decide to it's like a pimp right um they take jennifer along with them uh mm-hmm. and there's like it's just it's just very i like this moment in the scene like because Jennifer, they pull up in the van and there's a what there's one character. She's like a, a she's like a Puerto, I believe she's Puerto Rican, one of the characters, and she really doesn't like Jennifer. And she's like kind of always right. like riding Jennifer and like saying, like, who is she? Like, fuck her. She's not one of us, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's like a little tension between those but those Ohio clothes don't yeah. match. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and and we kind of get like the dynamic that like she's the outsider she's like the the and like she's not fully accepted amongst all the members of the group and the group makeup by the way it's like it's obviously it's jesse the leader who's like the, the strong like kind of super like militant feminist type then you got her younger sister who's a little bit more uh less assertive and kind of just you get the sense that she just goes along with the flow and you mm-hmm. kind of get to understand that like they were orphans and like she took care of her sister and there's a little bit more backstory that we get about them. Then there's a, uh, then there's the Puerto Rican girl who's a lot, you know, from my understanding of the movie, she was probably a former hooker of some kind and she got taken in. Right. Um, and that's how they're able to get into this building, you know, in, in, in the scene that I was talking about. And then there's a, there's the, the black, the black character, the woman character who we understand it had ties to black militant groups because the detectives, which, the detectives have we haven't talked about there's a black woman detective mm-hmm. who's like and if, if if this was seven she she is uh morgan freeman 
and yeah her and white guy of, partner is brad pitt <laughs> that's a good way of looking at it. she's she seems to have a lot of sympathies to this mm. group mm. also in a way like you know all the women in this movie are very angry so they kind yeah, of all yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. fit in there <laughs> but but then they say like there's that one scene they're explaining the other cop is explaining to her what like everyone's record is um and the black woman yeah i, I guess it's black militant groups it sounded like she was like giving machine guns to terrorists in other countries. <laughs> yeah, 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 she was radical as hell. <laughs> extreme. Like, yeah. So uh, yeah, and then there's a, there's another there's another girl who's sort of like the one we see stripping, like the only one we see stripping. Um um not that I wanted to see other strip or anything. That's just that's just what the movie was. Like she was right, the only one. Right. Um and like you kind of get a, a rough sense of like this ragtag group of women vigilantes. Um and sort of the mm-hmm. dynamics at play when it comes to Jennifer being the new girl in the group but um so if i can just like um sidetrack there because you were saying like kind of what the makeup is i did read an interview with todd morris that i found um where he says that he wanted an asian woman in the group too but there were just no asian women who were non-union actors that auditioned Mm. and he his feeling was that like every asian actor female actor at the time just got like into like the the acting uh union at that point yeah that's very interesting because this movie again like like you said like everything about this movie uh feels feels like one of those movies that were just made um mm-hmm. outside yeah. of, you know outside of the system and, and and my favorite kind of movies honestly um the movies that you know um i mean i am a pro-union pro-worker guy in general uh but Mm-hmm. I love these movies that are just kind of made like this in this fashion. And, and it kind of, I agree. Go ahead. You get to see people that you don't see in every other movie. Mm. I mean, that's always kind of a fun thing about them too. And like a lot of this sort of, I mean, I don't know what happened, but you kind of get the sense that they might not have had permits for everywhere they were shooting. Yeah. There's definitely guerrilla shooting all around New York city. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, there, that's why you you see the city the way you kind of it's closer to like what New York is in a way even though it's mm-hmm. not you know what I mean sure. you're, you're actually getting a, a real glimpse at certain aspects and sides of the city that you don't tend to see um, because mm-hmm. you, New York City is one of those movie one of those movie towns if you want to call it that uh, like where like if you actually are shooting a legitimate film and I mean legitimate in terms of you're getting permits and it's mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna pay a lot of money and they're gonna do stuff like block streets off and you know yeah. um, this yeah, was not none made. of that yeah it's none of that going on here you're getting like <laughs> new york city kind of a little raw and sort of shot on the uh, gorilla style um and mm-hmm. it actually adds to this the movie the movie's tone um and overall aesthetic right so for it's sure. like if, if you like sort of like abel ferrera movies you know um mm-hmm. you know gritty kind of new york set movies uh, this then a gun for Jennifer is one of those movies that like, again, like I believe yeah. like this is a movie that like if it wasn't for the music rights issue, uh, this would probably already have been like a movie that like one of these companies like a vinegar syndrome or a grindhouse releasing or, or right. would have already uh, put I'm, out already. You know, I'm kind of curious, like what is the legality of the movie now? Because like mm. I looked at it, I think you can rent it on Amazon. You can you can get it right. on Amazon for like four bucks. Um, right. Um, I think it's the same, the same version that we watch, but uh, because mm-hmm. it's the same runtime. But there is another version 
that's longer. Um, longer, okay. It's like on YouTube. Somebody put it up on YouTube, and I think it's it's like it's like a hundred and thirty. It's like an extra. I want to say an extra, at least an extra ten or fifteen minutes. Um, okay. I'm not quite yeah. sure what got cut out. I'd have to actually watch that version. Uh, but it's if you look, All it's right. a longer version online. Um, I uh, mean, the version we watched is pretty violent. I would say. Yeah, so. it's very violent. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me. Think. That's a good okay. point, Mark. That's a good point. Uh, for people that don't, this is a violent movie. And in fact, right. um, uh, the scene where they go and uh, kill these guys, this pimp and these drug, I mean, you know, they, the, mm-hmm. the, one, the Puerto Rican girl, um, she is like the decoy. She knocks on the door and says, hey, let me in, you know, and then the pimp guy, he's doing a drug deal at the same time. And they're like, he's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. she's cool. And the guy's like, what are you doing? Not? And then they open the door, like, and then the girls rush in and then they massacre these men. Um, right. And in, in, in a very uh, <laughs> violent fashion. And just like every time, mm-hmm. and that's the thing about this movie, it's like, it's one of those movies where you're watching it and like you're kind of getting like the amateurish kind of little performances. And, but every mm-hmm. like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, there's some sh- crazy shit happens that you're like, oh, like oh wow <laughs> like like yeah, wow no totally totally <laughs> you know like that's what impressed me like every like 10 or 15 minutes there's like a moment where you're like whoa holy shit like i didn't think they were gonna go there <laughs> but, for sure for sure yeah. i mean i don't know if you want to mm. like finish the summary of the movie before getting into some of this stuff but um i'm kind of curious like how serious do you think this movie is like in its intention like just in its social intentions i guess because like i mean i do think a lot of exploitation movies sort of play out this way but there's like a kind of soullessness there's like no remorse for anything that happens no kind of, uh, <laughs> like uh allison slash jennifer is like kind of like i don't know like i her kind of transformation into being radicalized by this group it sort of happens off screen is just kind of like accepted that like yeah. killing every, every man is evil. Every woman is angry. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, it's very yeah. interesting because like that moment happens like off screen, but it's, it's during the, this, that the scene where we are talking about where it's, they mm-hmm. burst into this, you know, um, this pimps sort of, uh, if you want to call it his his what would you call yeah. it his layer uh, layers <laughs> it's like you know he, they burst in they shoot up the place you know in in mm-hmm. glorious fashion like you see great squibs and headshots and all kinds of shit um yeah and and then again they leave Allison in the van you know to just sort of watch and they give her a gun and Allison sees two men um who are coming or who have I think they have like Uzis and shit. They're like about to come into the building. And mm-hmm. so Allison takes the initiative and um, takes her gun and, and we don't see her kill him. But by the time the women come out, they're dead, like laying on the ground. And they're like, oh, oh shit, like she did it. She <laughs> killed him. And like at that. And it was like that. Allison is like over it. Right. Like, you know, Allison, yeah. Jennifer, like she's just like she's a killer. You know what I mean? And they do <laughs> have a scene before that, prior to that, where they're showing her how to shoot a gun. Right. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know how to yeah. do it. And they're like, there's a target and she like closes her eyes and she fires a shot and she looks and it's like, did I hit it? And then they see that like it missed the target in the chest, but it hit the, the target in his, in his dick. And they're like, yeah, and they're yeah. like, ah. And at that point, like the, the Puerto Rican girl, like pull, grabs a shotgun and starts shooting. And they look at her like, what? You're insane. <laughs> For sure. OK, so there's like I mean, it can't really be avoided. There is a lot of kind of castration 
type yes. elements in this film. There's a lot of that. There's um, a lot of that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and and I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to like kind of think about because like I feel like I think the movie kind of was made from like a sincere place, at least from mm-hmm. uh, Deborah Twist's point of view. But at the same time, I'm kind of wondering if it's like so it's kind of portrait of like women is so like threatening mm. from like a male perspective almost that it kind of, I don't know. There's like a sense of like the, that it almost plays as like a domination fantasy in a way too. Yeah, for sure. It de- yeah, like, like for example, like there's, genital a, there's, targets. <laughs> there's a moment in where, where they're at the, we see them working. Jennifer's working at the bar. Mm-hmm. The one girl is on the like kind of pseudo stage dancing. And there's yeah. these two dickhead guys. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're just being complete like assholes the whole time. Like they're like saying fucked up things. And like Jennifer yep. comes over, gives him a drink. And then the one guy grabs her and that kicks off a whole like, you know, uh, fight between them. And mm-hmm. then like then then Jesse comes up and sort of like tells him, hey, like, you know, she smooths things over. And then she tells he invites the art and then she has the stripper girl, uh, the girl who is stripping, invite them to a party that they're going to mm-hmm. have at the bar after they shut down. And of course, these guys are like, yeah, we'll do that. These girls <laughs> want us. Right. And of right. course, this ends in like them pulling guns out and like sodomizing the, the guys with the pool stick. <laughs> yeah. Shoving yeah. a pool stick up one of the guy's asses and then they leave. <laughs> and, and so, so wait, it's just a moment like that. This guy is like mm. raped by a pool cue. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I'm just kind of like trying to imagine is the audience like cheering at this point? This <laughs> is weird to think about. You know? <laughs> right. I thought they were going to kill him. And honestly, when they walked out of the bar, like humiliated, I was like, oh, shit, they didn't kill him. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. But then um, there's a there's a moment which which gets the detectives. The first moment where the detectives and the girls face off and it's a guy we see a biker like a long hair guy pull up and we're not, I'm not, they're never quite certain whose brother it is. We don't know if it's the brother, of one of the guys or if his brother, or someone else they fucked with who was being yeah. an asshole, but he pulls mm-hmm. up to the bar with it, with a, an Uzi again. <laughs> and yep. he comes in and he shoots. There's a guy talking to Jennifer, AKA Allison. And he's asking her how our day is. And immediately he dies. Cause he's shot from behind by this guy. And the guy mm-hmm. grabs like he's screaming, like, I'm gonna kill everybody in here, you fucking bitch, you did to my brother. And then of course, mm-hmm. Jesse grabs a gun, kills this guy. The cops show up, they question, they bust could give Jesse a hard time. Jesse's like completely like ambivalent. And she's like, you know, like, what am I you know, she didn't own the gun, but it was the 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 woman who owns the bar, which is an older lady. It's her gun, but she was like, What am I supposed to do? Like, let him kill everybody. So they kind of right. like but but the detective, the woman detective, also already pinned them as the vigilante group who because there's a series of murders where men are being castrated, um, mm-hmm. and she's already got like figuring like this is this is a, this is a specific group of people doing this. Now, her her uh, fellow detectives, there's another like duo of like older two white guys who are who are like mm-hmm. older, kind of very very archetype, you know, heavy stereotypical like goomba kind of like detectives, and they're like. She's yeah. not a, uh, she's like, this is bullshit. This is not the same group of people. She just wants it to be. And they're like having that, that like stereotypical yeah. moment that you see in the movie where they're talking to the captain and they're trying to like reason. And she's saying, no, no, this is a group of vigilantes doing this. Like these, these mm-hmm. are all connected. And he, mm-hmm. you know, no one, no one quite believes her yet, except her partner, right. Her young white partner, you know, yeah. um, who's kind of like, the one good male in this movie would you say right yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah. there's I a mean, moment even, 
And there's a Jesse moment. Jesse gets mad at him at one point for calling her sweetie or something. But yeah, the there's yeah. a there's a moment in this movie where the where the 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 the, uh, the captain is talking mm-hmm. to the woman detective her partner and then the two the two men and he's yeah. agreeing with her that like is my favorite like in terms of dialogue wise and i should just probably insert it in here at this point listen gang let's uh let's think long term here for a change all right follow what i'm talking about you got a nut running around the streets all right the guy commits some uh, heinous sex crime a, a rape a sodomy whatever it is the guy takes a collar a lot of press on it. It winds up in court for some bullshit technicality walks. The guy's not home an hour before my phone rings. I got a DOA with a dick in a bottle. Follow me? Now let's think back a little bit. You got the gang massacre last night. You got the Gilby homicide. Before that, you got the gynecologist. You remember the guy that raped the six patients? Okay, and before that, Ferentino, the gym teacher, was probably our first one. You remember him with the rapes of them little boys? That's called a pattern. And I got news for you. Not only do we got a pattern here, but we got a crew of people that are getting more violent with every case. It's the it's the best like moment of dialogue in the movie. Like just the, the exchange and the shit that he's saying and the way he's delivering those lines that I was just I was just fun, I was just enjoying it on every level. Just like <laughs> like. <laughs> what does he say? I forget. Okay, I, I, you know it's it's very. I, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I just remember like like I after the scene. After the scene played, I stopped. I stopped the movie and rewound it and listened mm-hmm. to it again. Because <laughs> okay. it was just a. It wasn't even exactly what he was saying as much as like how he was saying it. Like you know, he was delivering that kind of like standard kind of like detective or cop dialogue, like captain talking to the detectives. Right. But he was yeah. just he like he's probably one of the best actors. The guy who played the captain is probably one of the best or most naturalistic. Uh, in terms yeah. of performance wise in this movie, in which I mean that's not that high of a bar to, to clear, but <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, no, for sure. I, mm-hmm. I think I noticed that too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's weird though. Like there is actually like I thought some kind of naturalistic dialogue in the movie too. Mm-hmm. But you're there are also some kind of crazy lines. Like I remember there's one part where Allison in the second half of the movie she has to go out somewhere and one of the other women's sister, if you ain't back by midnight, we know you ain't showing. It's like, well, you know I mean? That's not really that much of a threat. I mean, it's kind of like, <laughs> right. Right. And that, 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 that's another point where, where, um, and we don't have to kind of, cause I do again, like one of the points of, of talking about these weird movies that I talk about, mm-hmm. tend, I tend is like, especially when it's very obscure movies is I yeah. do want people to see it. So we don't have to like completely ruin the movie. But no. I do want to kind of like give a, a an overall sort of uh, plot kind of, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. so right. at a certain point um, after after Allison has become part of she's kind of proven herself, even though that specific Puerto Rican character who says that line still doesn't <laughs> trust her. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, they there's a their next target is like we discover is this judge because the news keeps talking about this guy who's managed to avoid like being like incarcerated. Uh, And he's like basically a judge who's been like, you know, accused of doing all this fucked up shit. You know what I mean? To women specifically. And, and Jesse's like pissed off and she's like, that's who we're going to kill. Like that's the next Mm -hmm. guy we're going to kill. And at a certain point they set about to do that. And at this point, um, the, the, our, our detective character, she's already kind of gets the sense of who they're going to kill next. She guesses correctly. 
Um, so she's already staked out at his house with her partner, right? And mm-hmm. when they actually show up in the van, um, the partner's comes the partner, her partner has actually needed to go to the bathroom. He goes into the judge's house. He comes out. So when they pull up and they start, they end up shooting and killing him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that also makes the, the detective be even more uh, hell bent on catching them at this point because they killed her partner. Um, the judge comes out and sees him dead on his like porch or doorstep. And, yeah. he, and then she's kind of like a, a, a weird plot contrivance there because yeah. the guy wants to go. He just wants to pee outside, but his partner won't let him because mm. <laughs> as he's yeah, it was very convenient. It's it definitely very like convenient for the plot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, uh, he gets gunned down by the women accidentally, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Jesse's sister gets shot, and they can't take her to the hospital um, because they're, they're, they keep stressing like we killed a cop, so she dies. Yeah. Um, um, R.I.P. to Jesse's sister. Uh, yeah. uh, we don't know what the sad moment of the film. Yeah, yeah, it was a very sad moment. Uh, and at that point, that's what like causes discord with 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 the the women. And and at that point, they're like sort of like most of them want to go. Like they want to get the hell out of town. Um, you know. And mm-hmm. and at that point, uh, Allison, A.K.A. Jennifer, says, "I'm leaving." You know. And that's when the point where 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 uh, isn't it that yeah. the point where that line is uttered? The, by the by the girl like it, it, I, I think you're right but but she's promising to come back later that night for right something because they have to do yeah because they have to do another they found another person um that they, they that that jesse's targeted um and 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 allison mm-hmm. takes off but allison is intercepted leaving but she's trying to get on a bus um and she's intercepted by the detective now the detective at that point she she's basically gives her an offer which is basically like you need to turn snitch on these women um and i and, mm-hmm. and i'll let you sort of go but i know what you did like i know who you are because she does have her license and the first time she sees allison she recognizes her but she can't place her and then it's only until mm-hmm. later in the movie that she realizes oh shit like jennifer is allison i have her license and then she looks she had looked into it and we, we and that's when we get the full reveal of what happened with her husband which you know right. um it's kind of obvious at this point um she killed her husband. Mm-hmm. So if you if you've listened to the podcast to this point, um, mm-hmm. yeah, she killed her husband. Um, so and the, anything the, the whether we say twist, it, spoiler, yeah, yeah, just a twist. <laughs> anything that we say beyond this point, um, if you haven't watched this movie, it's it's on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but uh, so Allison goes back with the girl. She shows back up to do this job. But what she does do in the, is she actually um, turns the tables on the detective, um, and like kind of ambushes her and ends up like handcuffing her to some fence <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like some random like fence, you know what i mean and like yeah. and she goes to help uh because jesse goes on her by herself to kill this one like rich guy who's like a he's like a mafia kind of guy right but actually when yeah. you actually, they say he's a mob guy but like when you actually see the guy he's like the total like opposite of like a mob guy he's like He's like some sort of like rich Jeffrey Epstein kind of weird guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he's got the hair gel, but yeah, I, I guess you're right. It's really he's like the Epstein-like. obvious. He's like he's like the totally like even the way he speaks and the, the weird mm-hmm. shit that he's doing with like, like it's weird. It's like a he's th- he's having an eyes wide shut party, so it's like it doesn't really <laughs> track with him being a mob guy. But we're going with it, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. But he she goes to kill him on her own, and it's unsuccessful. 
And then the girls have to come back together, you know, and Allison along with them to save Jesse. Now, what's mm-hmm. very interesting is that like the scene um, that where 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 this guy is basically like a fucking a complete psychopath. And like he's like literally like doing like a live like dissection of her body. Like he's like like which is, again, a surprise, a complete surprise. Like when you yeah. see that moment in the movie. Like, what did you feel like when you saw that? Moment? It, I, I, I didn't know. It's like, what? Why is there like a? It's like a cannibalism scene almost, right? Like, yeah, it totally like, catches you off guard because like, yeah. you're not expecting it. Like, you're not yeah. expecting to or, see, or like some satanic ritual is just kind of like it, placed in there. It's right? pretty fucking wild. Like, again, yeah. like this is, and then again, that's what I say when I say this is an exploitation movie. This is what I mean. Like, this is what I like about exploitation mm-hmm. movies is is that they yeah. have these kind of like moments of like just pure insanity. That come mm-hmm. out of the left field and like you do not anticipate seeing <laughs> this yeah. scene. And again, it's very again they I, they had a budget of some kind and like the budget must have went to sort of stuff like this where it's like yeah. it's, it's not like there's good pretty, squib effects and yeah mm-hmm. like the gore's pretty real looking yeah, yeah. and scenes like that especially mm-hmm. um, yeah you're right I, it it is I mean it totally is within that like exploitation wheelhouse that way especially. Um, it, it's kind of it puts the militant and militant feminism oh and on that <laughs> on that note i didn't talk about what i skipped over is there's a moment and it just comes back to the music thing where there's a band right oh, right 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 that moment band the, that is it's, i have no I, st- I wasn't able to find out who what band that was um some of the music like the punk songs in this are pretty good like they're yeah. kind of in that like riot girl kind uh-huh. of 90s wheelhouse a bit right but this band performance in the middle of this movie right, right is Crazy very scene. memorable because like first of all the the woman the lead singer is like topless like on the stage <laughs> right mm-hmm. and then the song she's singing is like this punk song very aggressive very like feminist very like anti kind of like you know and and then like we see it's her a, it's a, wait it's a song about castration it is so yeah, yes it's a castration. song about castration right <laughs> um which ties into the theme of this of this uh uh this might be a theme in something i'm actually writing to maybe i'm influenced by the things i watch okay, for sure. <laughs> uh but uh, but there's a theme right of castration in this movie and the song is about that but then like we see like she pulls a like a dick out of her pants that looks very realistic, but it's not. We we right. quickly discover that it's like of of some sort of dildo. So but she's like on stage, yeah. <laughs> topless with her breast out, with a fake dick, and then like a woman from the audience is like filleting it right at, at a certain point. Like right. this is this is what I mean by it's, this is an exploitation movie. Like this is an mm-hmm. exploitation movie of 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 the truest sense. <laughs> like like this is yeah. a moment where you watch it again, just like the dissection scene. I did not see this coming. And when I, I was like, Yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> this movie has moments like that where you're like, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's kind of amateurish, you know, low budget. And you're like, holy, what? Wait a minute. What? Like, all of a sudden, you yeah. just did that. Like, how did that affect you, Mark, when you saw this? Well, <laughs> I mean, I was just kind of wondering, like, I'm assuming this is a real band. I was just wondering, mm-hmm. is this really their show? Like, could you go and. The mid to late nineties and see this stuff happen on stage. You could but, though, um, because Marilyn Manson. Remember back in that time, Marilyn Manson yeah. was doing similar things on on his in his concerts. You know, this was a different time. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. and I think the um, the castration in that scene it actually reminded me of a similar special effect in John Waters' Desperate Living. But I mean, mm. here they're very clear that it's just a dildo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, I but think this, it was with scissors in that film. Yeah, so. because when when we say it's like like. We have to be clear. That it's just a dildo. Like it looks realistic. 
at first I wasn't hundred yeah, yeah. percent certain that that wasn't like it's her, a very it, expensive her, dildo problem. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, was that real? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's not. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, like, <laughs> this is a movie that's very like, it's like a you know, it's funny, it's funny because you know we 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 hear this idea of like this sort of like a radical like uh, feminist like online specifically when people talk about this idea of like a radical feminist who's like super like you know anti you know man mm-hmm. like this movie has that even though it's directed by a man like and it's co-written yeah. by the by a woman who stars as Jennifer obviously but it does have that like angry kind of like you know energy the whole movie like you know yes like it's so it is in a way probably this movie would go over well now like a lot <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think i would get if it broke wide i would get some pushback also from the mras or whatever they call themselves now but yes, everything I, I, does. Yeah. I do think you're right it does sort of aesthetically fit into like a lot of subgroups on the internet the fem cells the mm, hashtag yeah. sad girls whatever this is a fem cell this is a fem cell movie <laughs> yes the, the fem cell manifesto the fem cell manifesto which yeah, is yeah. titled uh, gun for jennifer <laughs> um but for sure but i mean i think i i don't know i, I mean it's it's there where like I, I would question how sincere the movie is about that message or how much it's just trying to get a response but i also think like the one thing that sort of complicates it is that these characters in the movie are all and the movie's pretty upfront about that they're all kind of fairly severely damaged people yes right yes. you know it's not it's not like they just kind of have worked at you know the grocery store have good lives and then just kill men at night right they're all kind right. of victims mm-hmm. of their father abusing them or whatever yeah, like all the backstories when we do get the all of, of the women we get backstories from which is the mm-hmm. majority of them like yeah. i think all of them in some way or another some more detailed obviously but um they've all they're all victims of some kind of abuse at some point in their life at the hands of men specifically mm-hmm. um and, and 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 it's sort of so the their their uh journey to our journey's not the right word but it is the right word but not not the right context of what i'm trying to say which is uh their reasoning for being mm-hmm. vigilantes is 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 justified by the filmmaker uh because of the history of of each of you know each woman like like where it's yeah. like it's like all of these women have been subject to to different forms of abuse and um that's yeah. made explicitly clear um so it's not one of those things where it's like why are they doing this you know what i mean like it's like no yeah, and, yeah. But, and jennifer being the main character is sort of who is the 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 audience stand-in in a way she's she's she has her she suffered her own amount of abuse but she's also sort of conflicted you know she's with the audience in a way where she's kind of like we could kind of identify with her because she's like yeah, these guys are pieces of shit, but like, I don't, you know, this is still murder. So she's the moral, for sure. you know, and she's yes. the moral compass of the, of the, of the movie. Um, and, but honestly it, it is just a grindhouse exploitation movie, which is yeah uh, appropriate that Jennifer shows up in New York city on 42nd street where grindhouse right. play. Uh, Cause yeah. this is and, where and that this, movie would play and yeah. fit in. 
perfectly. <laughs> uh, and like the second <laughs> she gets off the bus, she's like attacked by two guys, right? Attack, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I do. Th- I think the movie is like kind of powered. What, what, like, make probably makes it work for an, an audience is that it just it's kind of this like fist of like anger, the whole yes, thing, right? It is. It's that's like, that's a good way to describe it. Like, it's just a fucking anger. It's like an it's a cry of anger. Yeah, like the whole movie. It, like it's like more it's, angry cry <laughs> for sure for sure so it's not it's not like politically or socially that coherent of philosophy but i think right. cathartically it works for an audience that way as a yes. lot of exploitation movies seem to do things like that like i was thinking of it's that movie with pam greer um the, Sheba the baby dollhouse um, oh, the big dollhouse doll yeah house. so it's just it's kind of similar it's like all these like women in in prison who kind of bust out and get their vengeance right yeah 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 for yeah. sure and the girl mm-hmm. no the, the 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 woman who 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 plays jesse i believe i'm trying to look her up right now is that is this who she is frida hoops is that right let me since okay I so what i read about her in this interview was the film took so long to shoot she stopped being an actor halfway through shooting and so they didn't actually get all her scenes done and kind of moved somewhere else yeah and you know she definitely she definitely has there's something about her right mm-hmm. where uh she is like a presence on 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 camera like um i get like we've already mentioned like this is this is a movie that's filled with like amateur or first time actors mm-hmm. or people who've never been on camera um but uh outside of the cap the police captain who i mentioned already uh mm-hmm. She is one of the more like believable performances, uh, because she translates yeah. that anger so well. Oh, uh, yeah, like, there's like you, a ferocity, there to is her, something, sure. yeah, yes. there's she, yeah. she, she, there's something she has, whatever that is, like, and it feels real. Like, she, when she's upset I and mean, she wants to kill like all these, you know, like rapist and like pederist and all these people, like, you, like, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a rage that is like very uh you buy it when she when she's angry like you know what For i mean sure. like you're like yeah, oh, yeah. you know she's definitely a, a significant uh anchor to this movie um where 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 i think so where i was like yeah like they picked her almost to the point where i was just like she kind of takes over the movie whenever she's on screen like you know what i mean like she really she really does take over the movie um but she doesn't feel like the type of uh like i was wondering who she was i'm like who is she in anything else like she's not in anything else like what is she in like you know what i mean yeah, like no totally like, yeah like you kind of you kind of just believe in. that's her sort of like right right it's almost like, like, like i haven't seen her in anything else but like yeah, yeah I, she's not, I, I can't yeah. find her in anything else like i think yep. this is the only t- time she's ever performed in anything and i i, I don't know where it would be interesting to see where todd morris uh discovered her or like how he discovered her or like uh, yeah. I discovered any I of these women, you know, in right. general, but I mean, but, I would assume he either knew them or just auditioned them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely like a I don't know if I've seen anyone in this movie except um Deborah Twist, who right I've apparently seen in a couple things, I can't remember what they were, but I looked her up, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. She's been yeah. in a lot of like, uh, like obviously she co wrote the movie, but I think she's done a lot of movies in general like one of the most notable movies in terms of like who she was was she was in kick-ass right um, yeah kick-ass was like 
the top yeah. ranked film on her letterbox page yeah 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 she was in kick-ass and like she's been in a lot of like other movies that are less notable and i i know she's she's done a lot of tv as well um um yeah yeah so it's like she she went on to continue to have a an acting career but i would and and i, I would think that like she's like I, I didn't quite look into the backstory of completely everyone else like but the of the women of the vigilante women like she's the one mm-hmm. that kind of like went on to do more things um yeah, yeah. that's funny the the kind of like three acts sorry I hit my mic breakdown of this movie it's like the middle half hour is kind of like a police procedural a little bit more yeah so so i'm like what what is your take on is this movie like if it came out now would people say it's too pro cop or do you think it not really has that? I don't think it has a pro cop. I don't think it really has a pro cop kind yeah. of uh, uh, sentiment because even even when we're first introduced to the cops, right? And and it's the scene where they go to the uh, to what what was the guy's name who who got his balls chopped off again? Um, oh Josh. yeah, I, yeah when, they Josh. To, when they when they when we see we're first introduced to the the woman detective and her partner. Um, mm-hmm. And and then her sort of rival uh, co-workers who are these other two detectives, these sort of like meathead kind of typical like NYPD <laughs> detective yeah, guys yeah. Uh, where they have a, a argument there. Um, her and her partner are very like antagonistic to these other cops. And and the, the young partner is pointing out like you're a piece of shit to the other cops. Like you're lucky yeah, that like- – you're lucky that you're not exposed for being a rapist. You piece of like shit. You know what I mean? Assaulted a 12 year old or something. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So you get the sense that like, there's never like this, like this, this movie doesn't feel like a cop again, copaganda at all. Like if, if anything, like it feels kind of like a, an indictment of, of police. Uh, I guess so. But I mean, like the woman cop is kind of heroic right. in a way. She right? she is. Yeah. But again, I feel like she gets the pass because she's a woman. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, she yeah. just happens to be a woman doing this fucking job amongst mm-hmm. men and like the men are all scumbags <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean I, I think like all revenge movies kind of fall under and I did like I respected this movie overall but they kind of all fall under this umbrella for me where there's something kind of conservative about them like yeah, if you look yeah. at like when Death Wish came out there's a lot of complaints about Death Wish that it was kind of you know, this idea that our streets were being corrupted with undesirables and this guy's a hero because he's like taking out the trash, so to speak. Right. Um, and there's kind of this, I mean, even though the women are bonded with each other, there's sort of this idea of a, like a social contagion in it. The mm-hmm. cities are dangerous well, places. I would <laughs> go as far, I will far, I would go as far as to say like that a, a gun for Jennifer, for better or for worse, is sort of proto-woke. And what I mean okay. by that is, is, is if you look at the decisions and the choices that Todd Morris made, like they were deliberate, like even the rape scene, right. Where it's like, he mm. made sure that like, it was a black guy and a white guy. And then the black guy runs right. away. Even though he yeah, gets you're, killed. You're right. It really does kind of. And then, and then every woman is like, he tried to pop, populate it with different women. It wasn't just all one kind of woman. You know yeah. what I mean? And then like, mm-hmm. it's very sort of proto woke. And then like, again, the choice of making a black woman, the detective chasing these women, like it's very yeah. sort of like intentional in terms of like, yeah, we're making this kind of like sleazy exploitation movie, but 
<laughs> you know, right, but right. we have a sort of like worldview and a perspective that we're we're trying to get across at the same time. And we're also sort of sensitive mm-hmm. to sort of like the portrayals that we have of certain kinds of people uh, in a that's way that, true. in a way that's unique to exploitation movies. You know, yeah, I, mean? I, I think that's a good point. I mean, it certainly like kind of complicates how you read the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost have- one of those exploitation movies that could stand up to the criticism in a way. Of yeah. today, you know what like I mean. There, there's that diversity there. I mean, <clears throat> I, I'm not condemning the movie on this basis; just pointing it out, and it's kind of obvious. But like, I mean, the guys in the movie are kind of cartoons. Yes, and yes. there's like the scene right before it cuts to the end credits. It's like that's an applause moment. It's timed as one because you know these guys are just saying the most moronic, sexist things possible. And then those like screen turns black. And I think the title is like a blood splatter or something, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That is another aspect of this movie. And again, like, um, it's weird, right? Because when you watch mm-hmm. movies, right? And I, I don't know if you have this sort of uh, dilemma when you, when you kind of watch a movie, but I kind of find myself, mm-hmm. which is like when you watch a movie and you kind of like, give it a rating right specifically like a letterbox rating for example like it's always interesting right. like how you rate movies and i always rate movies uh based on kind of like the type of movie it is so i may give mm-hmm. a movie like a similar rating to another movie that's a different kind of movie altogether but it doesn't necessarily mean it's as good as that movie like i would give like like yeah, I, would, I agree you know what i mean like i would rate this movie sort of like high but like high given what kind of movie it is you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, high as an exploitation movie, you know what I mean? Like in the context of what it is and like why I find it entertaining. But like it may have the similar rating to a movie that's like a Kurosawa movie or some shit. Sure. But it's not this like, but it's not the same. But it's like, you know, but it gets a high rating for what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, this I know what the, you mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is kind I, of the I, weird space that this movie exists for me. Like, where it's like, I rate mm-hmm. this movie high, but I do acknowledge what kind of movie this is like you know what i mean no for fair that's fair and i feel like the metric on like even how i rate movies it's kind of a lot of it i don't even like articulate to myself but it's kind of complicated by a lot of things like that so like i think i give this movie three out of five which means i mean i think there's problems with it but i also respect it And, and i i also feel that i tend to value originality more than a lot of people do yeah so like I watched Necromantic, another exploitation movie, a couple nights before. Also gave it. I'm, three out I'm of gonna five. watch that because, yeah. the, by the way, I'm like I have it like yeah. on my. I'm like I okay. gotta watch this fucking. Well, up. I mean, prepare yourself. <laughs> You'll probably close your eyes at parts. But even that, it's like some of this is disgusting and pretty low brow. But I kind of, it's a rule breaker, and so it's sort of important in the horror genre, I guess. Three out of five, right? I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. Right, right, right. There's, there's I, not other things like it. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those for me. For me, it's like in terms of like an exploitation movie, and just in terms of like my 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 ability to be entertained is like I I, I give it like a high rating where I'm like this is kind of mm. like a four for me. This is like a four out of five. Yeah, it's not uh, boring. <laughs> it's not boring, right? Because I was expecting the I was expecting to be bored, and every time I started to get bored, it would have a moment that would like completely like be like oh yeah oh shit. I yeah, like wow yeah. like so I get I rate it kind of on a sliding scale with that regard where I'm like if you think that this is a if you think like that this is a movie that's gonna bore you it's not like you know what I mean and in the moments where you think it is it's gonna it's gonna throw something in like right 
like if you just hang in there for a, not that long, it's going to give you something that's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Even though for we've sure. already kind of, you know, told you some of those moments, I feel like uh, it's not ruined because the way they execute some of these um, pun intended, the way they execute some of these moments is is are, are very like given that it's a, a low budget movie. Um, it, it definitely goes like it, it's all in, you know, yeah. and and. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally like admire, at least respect that about it. That it it goes, it, I don't know, it takes things to the limit when you don't expect it to. Mm. I guess, I mean, this is kind of a difficult question, but okay, imagine this movie comes out, gets a re-release, two thousand screens, mm. it's embraced online on Tumblr, like women love this movie. Yeah. A certain type of women love it's. <laughs> vengeful aspect to it how do you right. feel about it now <laughs> i still i still fuck with it i mean like okay. yep. you know because it's one of those things where it's like you have to kind of divorce and i say this all the time like you have to divorce yourself from the sort of noise and like yeah. the sort of it's, it's hard to do sometimes but it yes. is hard it is very hard like there are fa- there are fans of certain movies that ruin the movie almost by default like where you're like right. fuck. like i like this movie but like the people who love it are so yeah. vocal and so annoying that it kind of ruins the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, like, I feel like I've reached a point in my life where I'm able to sort of like, kind of like divorce myself from that discourse and be like, I agree. Yeah. And, yeah, and you I also, know what I mean? where it's like, yeah, I, I, these pe- annoying people like this movie, but that doesn't take away from this movie. <laughs> I, I think that's the right attitude to have because I'll even find like just on Twitter, like there's like different phases that things will go through where, a lot of people will push back like, oh, this type of person likes this movie. And right, right. it's like, well, I kind of like that movie too. And right. It's like Matrix <laughs> and the Fight Club, right? Where like those yeah. are two movies that like, yeah, there's a certain mm-hmm. kind of person who yeah. you find like fucking like just completely like. Yeah. But uh, way, unbearable that, <laughs> or just yeah. like, like you're like, but you're like, but I'm not going to not like those movies. Yeah. Like, but because they, right, cause they have nothing to do with why I like it or not. Right. Right. right exactly. Yeah. Like, and you could, you could if you view that as an indictment of me because I like it, then that just is more of an indictment of you. Like, for, than sure, anything. for sure. Because you're making an assumption based on like a generalization about like a group of people who do like that movie as if, yeah. and it's not an actual indication of the, of the actual film on its own merits, you know, um, which is indicative mm-hmm. of like the, of everything now, like, like, you know, this, I don't have to tell you Mark, but like, like that is a thing now that is just prevalent where it's like, how dare you even take this position because a person that is deemed bad has that similar position. It's like, yeah, but a broken clock is right two times every day, right? Well, I mean, I think that's (laughs) that's just part of... You could be right for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I said that before, you know, so... That's that's just being an intelligent person, in my opinion. It's like, Mm -hmm. I I think it's because it might be the time we grew up in, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I... I grew up listening to a lot of kind of vulgar stand-up comedy. Hmm. I listened to like a lot of Ice Cube albums and I knew that there were like bad messages in that, but I also knew that there were kind of positive messages too. And like, it wasn't all or nothing for me. So the idea that like, like someone I don't like for some reason has nothing of value to say to me is ridiculous. Yeah, sure exactly. And it's yeah. also we we did grow up in a certain era in a certain time where certain things are permissible that aren't today. But yeah. I do feel like people don't take into account like 
even now, like there are certain things that you say or do amongst people that you know and have a sort of familiar a familiarity with that aren't wouldn't wouldn't be deemed acceptable to do to people you don't right yeah. um but i, I feel like right. um, people don't act like that's a thing where it's like no, no 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 listen like i may say or do certain things amongst people that i know that i wouldn't do to someone i didn't know like or I wouldn't say around people that i didn't know and that should be yeah. the way you judge it like you're like wait a minute no 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 you said a thing that like is inappropriate yeah, mm. but did I say it to the person who would actually offend, like in real life? No, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm I'm not uh, uh, like uh, socially yeah. like like I'm, unable to understand that. Like you know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, no, I wouldn't go to somebody who I know. Like I wouldn't say some something that's like intentionally fucked up to somebody. Like, but if I'm like amongst like people who I'm comfortable with and they're comfortable with me, they may say something or I may say something that I understand. Like this is a privileged space. Like in like we're safe here. Right. We can say certain kind of things and we can make certain kind of jokes because we understand each other as and I feel like that's a lost idea now. Like, well, I, I mean, I think it's partly lost because people a lot of the people complaining about that stuff, they don't have mm -hmm. these offline spaces. They're only online. They're only online. So, yeah. And, and, it, and it's also that like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, I'm I'm always the same person, I think. Yeah. Online or off. But but I think like if I'm close friends with someone, I might say something kind of off color, but they know in a way that I'm kind of making fun of that attitude rather than, right, right. but, 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 but right. stuff like that doesn't really translate when you write it on Twitter. It doesn't. And, right? and that's yeah. what gets lost. That's just what gets lost now. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. why movies like, you know, uh, uh, this are, you don't see movies like this. Um, well, one, you didn't, I mean, it is a low budget movie and it is made at a certain you know, at a certain time and is made for a certain audience. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, I do think like I've gotten to the point where like I'm so adverse to 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 the things that I see coming mm -hmm. through the mainstream channels um, mm -hmm. that like to a degree where I feel like the average person may kind of think that I come off as like a very, I don't know, um, someone who just, again, Ryan, you hate everything. <laughs> okay. And it's like, actually, I don't like, I have a whole podcast where the, the topic of each episode is a movie I like on some, right. in some way. So I don't, I clearly don't hate everything. It's just, there is a certain kind of thing that's made now that is so, so, sterilized that is so sanitized and so made in a for uh in in a corporate way right in a way that like right. it's like so this can be consumable to the masses in a way that's and and that just doesn't appeal to me at all like you know what i mean that doesn't appeal to me at all and like meanwhile our peers because we both you know we write and we 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 we, we were in this kind of like business of movie making <laughs> uh mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. like our peers tend to be so invested in the now you know what i mean so invested in whatever's because they're thinking about their yeah. career right they're thinking about like uh i should i can only do this or i can only do that and i just find the whole so there's i'm at a point in my life yes. where i just find that so like revolting like it's just like you know what I mean? Where I'm like, yeah, yeah, like you know, like, like, ugh, you know what I mean? 
And then like, then you speak with the, some of those people and they look at you like, you're like, what? Like, what? Like, no, no, no. Like, it's like, you're like, no, like, this isn't like, I didn't get into this because I wanted to be like, it's almost like, yeah, it's, it's like almost there's, like, there's no difference of working an office job or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's the same kind of like mentality where it's like, no, yeah, it's, you it's, don't get into this to be that way. Like you don't get into this to have that kind of existence. If anything, it's a response to that existence, right? Like, yeah, I that mean, that's the like irony of it, of anything. Mm. It's that these people got into movies because mm -hmm. they thought it was like smart business, which is a weird thing to think in the first place. And <laughs> right. Then, but, but, you know, like I, I reviewed movies for 10 years. I had constantly had people telling me I didn't like anything. Um, mm. But that's not true. That like I, I like I love movies are like my first passion in life. Yeah. I like them more than they all do. And because of that, because these people who don't really like movies just are fine watching four, three or whatever. Um, but I, I, it's, it happens when you have a, a deeper appreciation of stuff um, that, I, that I don't know, you, you gravitate towards different things than just like if you're a, a foodie. You're not only going to love McDonald's, you know, if all if you like love music, it doesn't make sense that all you listen to is Harry Styles. Right. right. I mean, <laughs> but also when it comes to you specifically, like you have to how does it feel to sort of have to. Have to. Deal with people who kind of ripped off a movie that that like now um <laughs> when i oh. say a movie like detention is a movie that i feel like is more influential like than that you co-wrote mm -hmm. right but i feel like mm -hmm. it's a movie that's more influential over, over today and over over the years the past you know several years that you see its influence in other movies yeah. but like there's no mention of it like you know what well, i'm saying so, yeah so, and so it's, it's interesting. clearly obvious like you know in certain certain movies you're like wait a minute like you know what i mean and detention's reception was like one of those movies where it came out right and it's yeah. like it, it did what it did and like it got certain kinds of reviews that were like very like it pra they praised the movie but it was only it was one of those movies that's like you kind of yeah. had to know about it to know you know what i mean it didn't have that reach but like yeah. it, but I mean, it wasn't completely praised either. Like there's a right. lot there was, of, it, it, it was definitely, again, that speaks to sort of like why it's yeah. a movie that's influential because the movies that tend to be influential have polar, like the people are either yeah. on one side of the fence or the other, you know what I mean? Which kind of speaks to the movie, what it is, which is like, yeah, if a movie, I always say this all the time. It's like, I would rather have you hate a movie than or, or love the movie than be indifferent. Like the worst thing is indifference. Right, because you know, the like, different stuff you're going to forget about. Right, right. I, I, I mean, it's it's weird what's happening with detention. And it's also kind of interesting. This has come up on a few podcasts I've been on lately. Mm -hmm. But um, detention's like the most personal movie I'm probably ever going to write because it's basically... Because you grew up life. with a TV on your hand. <laughs> I grew up with a TV on my hand. I had sexual intercourse with my school bear mascot. Uh, but, but, <laughs> for sure. But, but like, it is kind of a fantasy extrapolation of a lot of those things in my high school years things that influenced joseph khan also um and it's true like when detention came out it, it was a hard sell sony bought it but didn't really seem to understand what to do with it hmm. um reviews were polarized some people really liked us a lot of people really didn't 
and yeah, I, I do think it's still a movie that a lot of people haven't seen, mm. but I think it's a movie that's kind of had a big impact on like a lot of filmmakers. And right. my perception of that is, I mean, in a way, like people are like, well, aren't you grateful to be influential? And it's like, well, I guess that's kind of nice, but ultimately it doesn't really help me because right. none of them, right. they're not, they're not, <laughs> <laughs> you know these these filmmakers aren't doing interviews mm. saying oh we love detention and kind of yeah. inspired by the energy of that that mm. they don't have to say it because they know that their listeners haven't heard of that movie right you know? yeah so, so and and the the hollywood system is That's at a place it... now where detention is no longer scary to them now it's something like oh let's try to do this yeah, the tension so, so. is now the tension. If it was released now, would be like so in vogue, like because yeah. it's, it was doing all the things that you see doing now. It was doing this idea of like time loops and jumping and all this, all the shit that you see literally in like Marvel movies for sure. Oh, like all if it came out now, are huge now. Yeah, yeah it would yeah. be fucking like oh my, like you know people would be right. talking about it like you got to see the tension. It's just it was yeah. ahead of its time, and it's just funny because um, what you said about like people not sort of acknowledging sort of influences. Like I look at like that new M Night movie, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Knock, at, the Knock at the Cap. I haven't I haven't watched it, but I've been paying attention to sort of like M Night um, and sort of the way the movie's been promoted, and like I've it's very interesting how he's been very intentional about sort of not mentioning the source material, which is like the book that is based on a cabin at the end. Why is of he the doing world. that? That's I don't. Weird. You know, it's it's weird. It's very weird, but it's typical of hollywood you know this not you know like it's typical mm. of sort of like the ego based kind of industry that it is um because it's a book that's based on a book i read I actually read the book i haven't seen the movie um mm -hmm. the paul mm -hmm. tremblay book which is a knock at or the cabin at the end of the world right at the end of the world right yeah, yeah. and 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 i read it and honestly i'm gonna be a, like i know a lot of people love that book that book got like i think it like one of bram stoker and like a lot of people who mm -hmm. you know read horror they really like that book i was kind of like you know i was like yeah it's fine you know, I liked mm -hmm, it. I enjoyed mm -hmm. it. You know, I, I wasn't like over the moon about it. Like I never was. Right. But it's just very interesting, like how I've watched how you if you pay attention to sort of the movie and the way it's been re the, its reception and then sort of the acknowledgement or lack of acknowledgement of. Yeah, the that, that is weird. I think like M, M. Night is feels he's his own brand. And I, I think there's a weird kind of mm -hmm. like I noticed this with like you know the gen zers on tiktok are there's a lot of them in sort of this movie review sphere who are really kind of you know up in m night as like they love him as kind of like this mm. uh counter-cultural person to like but to me it's like <laughs> what what m night, i don't know like I, I i thought old was pretty good in some ways but i do think like m night's just kind of echoing his older movies now but with less of a budget um and, and to me see... like if there was an M Night era to kind of like I I, I liked Lady in the Water. Most critics hated that movie, but I think that would be the time where it was actually risky to do this. Now now right, it's kind of safe. right right uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's funny because it's like, did you see that M Night Shyamalan's daughter <laughs> has a what? movie called The Watcher? <laughs> like this is about the no, I've not heard of this. Yeah yeah. So it's the Nepo baby. Uh, uh, shit continues. She, she's in it or she directed it. She's directing it. Yeah yeah. Like, how old is she? 
<laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it's just I just know M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan's daughter. Well, has maybe movie. she'll be the new Brendan Cronenberg. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. A, I, again. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Shout out yeah. to uh, Brandon Cronenberg. Even though I, I'm, I'm, I, did you see Infinity Pool? I didn't. I didn't get to it. I don't know why I didn't. I should have seen. It, I, I wasn't. I, as, I wasn't. Yeah. I watched it. I wasn't as big on it. I, I, yeah. I thought. I liked Possessor. I still like Possessor, Possessor. was really good. I've met yeah. him before. He's a nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, I still like Possessor. I think Infinity Pool starts out strong. Um, mm-hmm. And again, maybe some of that is to due to the fact that, like, I know they had to cut it, cut a lot of stuff to make to make it get an R rating. Um, I know mm-hmm. a lot of there's. I, I guess they're going to release an unrated cut or an NC seventeen cut or something. I don't know. Um, Possessor was like X rated in Canada. I think the cut we got maybe in mm-hmm. the U S too. I don't know. but yeah maybe this movie was shooting for um, a bigger sort of box office haul so therefore they were like very intentional about like trying to deliver something that they could release uh, to more theaters Uh, but it was one of those movies where I was sitting in a theater watching it and I was just like okay this starts out strong and then I'm just kind of like yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know what I mean it's not like it's it's, again like I will say this like uh Brandon Cronenberg as a filmmaker is is an interesting voice. Uh, he he he's not an un, he's not a, an untalented filmmaker, you know. Um, uh, but he just has he's working. Well, he's working with a head start, but he's also working with a deficit simultaneously, because you got the mm-hmm. head start because you have the name recognition being that you're the son of a famous filmmaker <laughs> but then you also right. have that is also a double-edged sword because it's like yeah but you're also looked at as like a nepo baby you know what i mean so but it is one of those things yeah. where i've said this before on other episodes of the podcast where i'm like i do do grade them like at a they i don't grade them equally where it's like if you have access to certain things based on sort of like your station that you're born into that you have no control over, but like, I'm still, mm-hmm. I still, I'm still uh, completely transparent about yeah. that. I'm like, well, you got to prove a little bit more to me <laughs> like at that point. And I do feel like possessor is a good movie and, and, sure. it, and it does have, it did make me interested and I'm interested to see what follows still. I'm still going to like be interested in the next Brandon Cronenberg movie. And I don't think that uh, infinity pool is a movie that um is i don't think it's bad at all and in fact i i appreciate that he's making movies that i i call adult <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. like he's still mm-hmm. making like i have to respect anyone who's tr- attempting to make movies that are for adults in 2023 you know what i mean right um yeah so yeah like i mean i felt possessor was i think it's better than several more recent cronenberg movies have been mm-hmm. yeah i would agree. um and yeah, I, I mean, even though crimes like, in the future, I, I'm I'm I, I'm in, I'm in the group. I don't know how big yeah. this group is where I really think that crimes of the future is great. And like there's some of you out there. Yeah, yeah. If, if I, I put it this way, I put it this way. If Brandon Cronenberg directed crimes of the future, the pe- mm-hmm. people would be like, this is amazing. But it's because it's David. <laughs> They're like, oh, right, right. you know, it wasn't what I was expecting. And, not a, and there's going to be a revisionist like, yeah, take. Hey, Get when a few years pass, where they're like, "Oh, Crimes of the Future was really great," you, you know what I mean? Like, where I'm seeing all these people right now, and I'm like, "No, I mean, you guys are like really like." Awesome. I'm seeing that happen with like existence, 
recently. Yeah, the actually. Exist is a perfect example of that. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Crimes of the Future. Okay, I mean, I, I did feel that it was sort of all set up and not enough. I, I mean, it just kind of felt like a lot of world building and not really much of a plot after that. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I liked it. Um, it's funny when I met Brendan Cronenberg. It was for like some other script I was writing. And the local producer was working on it like years ago, and he was in Halifax nice guy um he was like telling me though that he was way more in influenced at that point by science fiction novels than he was by other movies and he was like a big philip k dick fan mm. um yeah but he seemed like a cool guy very down to earth for having like a one of the most famous canadians as his father right <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of canadian canada and canadians in halifax okay i'll close this episode out as we're about five minutes you, you know so so uh, my I'm of the thinking, and you can agree or agree or disagree that like when it comes to where you're from, mm. my favorite Halifax lensed movie is Siege or the Siege. Oh my God, Siege! Yeah, yeah, I, 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 genre um, classic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I almost was like, y'all should have Mark to talk about the Siege, but then I was like, it's kind of on the nose. When, but, when did um, you see Siege? Huh? Like how how long ago did you? See I saw it? Siege back in like 2020. The first time I saw it, I was like, "Yo, okay. what is?" So like it like hit Shutter or something. Around yeah, there, it right? was like I was yeah. like, "What the fuck is this? Is awesome!" <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I saw Siege, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like, and it's a movie that was made in Halifax, and it's like the one movie that I'm like, I'm still waiting for like another movie. I mean, I guess H Hobo with a Shotgun was was Halifax too, right? Like, it was a Halifax uh, movie. It was shot here. I, I think they call it Fuck Town or so I don't know if it's supposed to be Halifax. Right, but movie. it's still shot but, but yeah, but yeah, right. like some It's, of it's made by locals, you know what I mean? It's so, like across the street from where I am right now. Yeah. So like uh, those are the like the two movies that come from Halifax that are like of note for me. So like, is it a goal of yours to like do mm -hmm. a movie from, yeah, in Halifax? I, that's like I have a I have a Halifax script that I am mm. trying to get like a grant for at some point soon. That's that another cool thing of, about Canada, by the way, is you can do that. Like <laughs> you can't get grants yeah. for shit over here. <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, it's funny. I actually I did go to the director of Siege about producing it, Paul mm. Donovan, mm. and he basically told me like, yeah, I cannot deal with the Canadian film industry anymore. I'm out of producing, but you know, I don't know, try to get, give me some advice. Anyway, I used to be really good friends with Paula actually, mm. but I, I do have, yeah, a Halifax script that, I don't know, it's kind of like sci-fi in tone, but also, you know, the movie, my Winnipeg. I've like heard of it. Madden? I haven't watched it, but yeah. I know what I know of it. Yeah. It's yeah. sort of like that too. It's kind of an alternate alternative reality Halifax. It's not quite what happened here, but sort of based on things like isn't that. Isn't Danny Villeneuve, isn't he Villeneuve or how you say his last name? Isn't he from Danny Canada? Villeneuve? Yeah, he's, he's, from, he's from Quebec. He's from, it's French Canada, which I understand is completely different. <laughs> Otherwise, will be another. Well, yeah, I mean, they've tried to separate several times, but they're Canada. Yeah, yeah they, 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 literally like want, they literally want their own country. <laughs> it's uh, crazy, though. Quebec is not like, it's barely bilingual anymore. I was mm. driving to Toronto for a cousin's wedding last summer. Mm. I mean, summer before. No, maybe last summer. And uh, uh, yeah, we stopped through Quebec. Like they will get mad at you if you just start talking English to them. You have to ask <laughs> if they speak English first and then they'll be cool. But like, <laughs> but I mean, I know it's uh, kind of enough French to get by, but, but it's 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 a weird thing. But yeah, yeah. Siege, um, Siege, I hadn't heard about till Jason Eisner was the first person to tell me about that movie. Hmm. Maybe like 2010-ish. I'd only first saw it a few years ago, though. Hmm. Um, 
but I had known Paul before that. I just didn't know about this movie because I was interning on a shoot that Paul was doing when I was like in my twenties. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Siege is like a kind of no frills genre, like yeah. Assault on Precinct 13, Thirteen type thing. Yeah. But it, you know, it is. I know exactly what streets it was shot on. It's weird seeing them in the early eighties because there's like gas stations and stuff that don't exist anymore (laughs) but i mean the atmosphere of it it feels very local in a way even the inside of those apartments it's like i've been in apartments just like that you know yeah Um, yeah yeah, the first time i heard of that movie was way before i actually saw it too like because i remember this was when i used to have a job at the mall and there was a media play Mm. next door and they there was a dvd like one of those like cheap kind of like dvd like where you buy it and it's like some sort of generic label and it has like four movies in one, like, and right. Siege was on there. And I was like, what okay. the fuck is this movie? Right. And I didn't watch it, but I was like, it piqued my interest. And then like in 2020, I actually watched it. Cause there was like a good version of it where I was yeah. like, Holy shit. Like this movie is like, like one of those movies where I'm like, how did mm-hmm. I not like, why did I wait to see this movie? Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think like, it's very well known, like, at mm-hmm. least until that Blu-ray just came out. I don't think many people knew about that movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's apparently based on a real police strike here in the early 80s, which I was also too young to know about. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, so it, on that note, I will wrap this up because I don't, I definitely wanted to keep my word and keep Mark here for a certain amount of time. So um, thank you. I mean, if you have more to talk about, I can do like 10 more minutes. But I mean, we can wrap up too. I what, mean, what's inspiring you? What's inspiring me right now? Um, Yakuza movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on a, I've been on a binge of uh, Yakuza based films and just Japanese cinema in general. Okay. Um, and it's sort of kind of influencing a lot of the stuff that I work on um, to the degree where it's just like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like I'm like doing things that are like, probably offensive in terms of to people who believe in like cultural appropriation <laughs> uh, uh I'm, okay where i'm well, like this is a good topic okay mm-hmm. so how controversial do you like your shows getting i don't know um all, all the hot buttons here okay, i mean so- like i'm not one of those people who like i know like i i, I feel like it's a very re- reactionary uh term to like call someone an edge lord just based on sort of like the fact that right. they like like or engage with certain kinds of things specifically kinds of like entertainment um is is based a positive way of saying edge lord or is it i, th- I feel like different? it i feel like that's a spin like i feel like based yeah. is like the way certain people would spin it edgelord to be positive um right i feel like terms like woke and based are like stupid at this point like you know, you know yeah. what i mean like like they're kind of like yeah. they're at that point where they're like kind of cringe like but i mean but, this is the thing people's my dad knows the word woke he's known it for months you know most people's right. parents do right once uh, you know it it's kind of over <laughs> yeah. and, and it's also kind of at a point where it means nothing it's not yeah it's nebulous and, and, yeah, yeah and republicans know that it's lost all meaning so it's just a scare word for them that right. they are never going to stop using right it's uh, always it, it, it was always a dog whistle kind of word anyways yeah. like it wasn't always originally it meant something different but then it got co-opted and it yeah. became that and i feel kind of like based is another kind of term that's just kind of like I don't know. I depend upon how you use it in the context that you use it. It feels like a dog whistle certain for another group of people. Um, but, yeah. but uh, maybe, I don't know, but 
I don't know. I just feel like I have, I'm a, I just recognize the kind of, the kind of, uh, personality that I have, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. And, and sort of like, I understand like that, like to sort of like, a, if you took a superficial kind of, sh or, or a very shallow, I don't know, uh, glance at my sort of taste and interest, you could probably interpret that as being like, something that is way off base. You know what I mean? Like that's not even close to like, you know, like actually yeah. what I think or believe. And I'm kind of okay with that where I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, I'm not like, I know why I know what I'm looking for. I know why I'm enjoying things and why, you know, what, what attracts me to certain things. And it most times like the people that would have sort of any sort of knee jerk reactions to the things that I find sort of interesting, like, are kind of doing it in a very, again, like a very surface level. Right. Kind of. But but I think that if you're into B movies or exploitation mm. movies in general, like part of the whole appeal of those movies, I think is that they are kind of, they are, they talk about subjects that other movies are not willing to. Right. Right. And, right. and so there's kind of something adventurous about being a cinephile, whatever word you want to use mm. that kind of craves that sort of stuff. Right. right? And, it, and, it's, it, and it's, it's something, there's something to be said, like, like, transgressiveness has become like something that like has been almost like filtered out of modern yes. Western shit. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, it feels uh, like there's more backlash about that now though. I'm yeah, noticing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like people don't like, and again, maybe this is mostly people on the internet, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it seems like people on the internet specifically uh, ha have don't even have the capability to discern sort of yeah. like things just in general, you know what I mean? Like people, oh, people read between the lines or they don't, they don't even read between the lines. Um, so e either they're reading between the lines and reading things that aren't there, or they're taking things completely at face value and missing any context of, you know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like where it's like, almost like you're like, okay, like, if someone it's all about is in, scoring points, yeah. Right, right. If someone is incapable of understanding something, then why, why am I even like taking that person's sort of criticism yeah, I, or critique seriously? I'm like, you don't understand it. Clearly, you don't understand it. So, like, whatever I, you're I, saying is like not really valid <laughs> I, I feel it's probably been this way all through history we're just kind of more aware that most people a lot of people are kind of just follow follow whatever they're told to think you know and, i mean i i know i have friends who are more anti-woke than i am and yeah. will say things like uh you know but back in people didn't know like back in the times of the nazis or that you know no one was really against that or like no one was really against slavery it's like obviously some people would have been you know some people were <laughs> but and you can kind of tell looking around right now just based on what trans people how blindly they follow things like yeah that person would have supported slavery you can well, kind of tell you can you know? yeah yeah you're right you can <laughs> kind of tell where it's like it's you're like people that are like so adamant to be like i'm anti-woke like yeah 
that, they're just or, as bad. Like, you know what I mean? We're yes. like, don't you, don't you understand that they're kind of like a follower? <laughs> like, like, yeah, totally. Or, like, or even the way like a lot of woke people are. Followers. Yeah. Right. Right. You're like, you're this, the people that you criticize, you're like a mere, you're like a mere image of them. And like, you're just the reverse. Yeah. Like you're like, like you're not even looking at this from the standpoint of like not being invested in like binary sort of this side or that side. It's like, actually, yeah. I'm actually kind of like looking at this sort of from a neutral place where I'm like, um, is exactly. it that? Is it that or is it this or or what is it like? I'm not married to it being either way where most people are married to it being one way. Like most of the people who I know totally. who are adamantly anti woke are so married to that idea that it's become its own belief system. It, it is. I mean? Yeah, that they're 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 worse. Which is weird. That's weird. People. That's just yeah. weird to me. Where it, it's, it, like, it, it, it's weird because there's so many. Look, I get that the woke people are annoying. They are fucking annoying as hell. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) But but, but if that's your main political concern right now, when people can't afford groceries. Right. There's uh, just so many other things that are important. Like Republicans are about to stage, Mm -hmm. take away people's rights, take away trans people's rights, et cetera. Whatever other marginalized groups. These are bigger issues. You are at a very comfortable place if all you can can complain about is- You know what? I'm not even worried about what Republicans do because they always do that. I'm worried more about yep. what Democrats do at this point, because they're the they're right. the, they're they're in terms of like the people that I know, like their 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 perception of, of, of them is like, oh, they're the they're the they're the good guys. Right. But it's like but mm. then you watch and you're like, OK, like, for example, like you saw how they in, they intervened with the railroad worker strike and basically told them they couldn't strike. And now yeah. all of a sudden we have this fucking shit with this train in Ohio, of all places fucking derailing and fucking releasing all this like environmental hazard fucking toxic shit and that's a direct result of them interceding intervening like you know what i'm saying and like you're having and then there was another thing that happened there in arizona where it's like which isn't which is an indication of sort of like uh this this system that we live under where it's like it's all about profit based and like they've completely yeah gutted the workers in the labor force and they've gotten people to start, they've got less workers, skeleton crews, people working more longer hours, you know, all for the bottom line to, for these companies to make more profits. And they've been, yeah. you know, and it's like, this is, this is happening under like Democrats and Republicans, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's not that there's very little difference in terms of, it's just an aesthetic preference. So like in terms of like, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, you guys are so focused on like, I'm on this team and I'm on that team. I'm like, you guys don't even realize you're on the same team. Well, I think you get to a place where you recognize that like electoral politics are just, it's just theater. Yeah, it's it's political theater. Exactly. It's it's these politicians just doing things over our heads. It's its own soap opera, but you know, it's, I I don't know. It's weird to kind of, I mean, it's a cynical place that I'm brought to, but it's just kind of how it is. Like I kind of, you're right. There is no, there's no left with any political representation in America, right. you know, the Democrats are center at most. Yeah. That's what I say all the time where I'm like, I'm like, you know, like despite whatever my politics are, like, I'm like, I'm acutely aware of like the society that I live in. Yeah. And I kind of just, I'm just looking at the landscape and I'm like, yeah, there's no revolution coming anytime soon here. <laughs> they, they shut them all down. Yeah, they yeah. So it's like down. it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and like I can engage to like in this theater, this theatrical, like kind of like this side, that side when I'm like sitting here thinking like, yeah, but like this isn't benefiting anyone. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, what I'm saying? It's, like, it's, all, it's all just. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think like the big example was the like George Floyd protests of mm. 2020 mm. biggest American protests ever. 
what came out of them? Nothing. nothing. Absolutely you know, nothing. The, the, the Biden can like you know, say Black Lives Matter in one of his speeches, but ultimately that's all he it, has it to say. It increased it increased the budget. Right. Yeah. Black Lives Matter, but we need to give the cops more money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's just it's, it's point, just this it's idea. Point, you're right. You're, it's pointless to even look like in that arena at this point. Yeah. Like if you actually are like being like real yeah. and realistic with yourself about like the the world that you in the society that you live under where you kind of understand like okay like whatever the answer is it's mm -hmm. got to kind of come from like the a sort of like ground level amongst like people and sort of like them sort That's of it. yeah you yeah. know because it's not going to come through the sort of system the system is too, it's it's not even people say the system's rigged i used to say the system's rigged and i don't even think that it's not rigged it works the way it's supposed to work you know what mm -hmm. i mean it mm -hmm. works the way it's supposed to work everything that we see is a feature not a bug i know that's at this point it's become a tired cliche, but it's true. Like it's a, all of the things that we see happening and occurring are features of, 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 of what it's set up. It's not, yeah. these aren't bugs. These aren't like, like, Oh, this is just a rent. Like, no, this is the way totally, it's designed. Yeah. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's designed to run the way it runs. Um, and you're now kind of seeing it reach a certain point that was inevitable. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be this way. And, and, and at some point, yeah. like, and that's why you know that's why the media and politicians sell us culture war it's to get us mad at each other so we don't point our it fingers it makes at you them. feel like you're doing something it makes yeah, you feel and, like yeah, you and know it doesn't yeah. and, and you're what I do, doing nothing <laughs> yeah exactly and i think like the one positive i do notice in recent maybe the last year that there's a bit more pushback towards this stuff like yesterday i mm -hmm. uh, i retweeted i think you liked it there's a uh, after rihanna was at the super bowl some like Twitter oh, yeah. account called <laughs> yeah, Black yeah, Million yeah, yeah, yeah. said like, Rihanna did this for <laughs> Super Bowl performance for no money, meaning that you should all work for exposure. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, and someone quote tweeted saying like, yeah, well, Rihanna She's had like a billion dollars before she did that. And right. I feel like right. five five years ago, you couldn't say that because everyone's like, what do you mean? She's a black woman. Of course, she's more oppressed than like every right. other billionaire. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just like. People have gotten kipped to this woke capitalism bullshit, right? Whereas, totally. like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't affect the lives of people in any sort of, you know, like it doesn't affect yeah. at all. Like it's insignificant. So this idea that you could like even try and attempt to frame it that way, like now, now people are like dunking on yeah. that person, like or that account, yeah. or it's like, what are you talking about? Rihanna's a billionaire. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I know. Playing but, but with like, house money at this point, she could afford to do shit like this for exposure. <laughs> yeah. But it's strange. It's just like people are less afraid afraid to like say these things now like i remember five years ago you couldn't disagree with a woman that's yeah. a crazy thing <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> and and just i don't know it's just kind of like being portrayed that, that like the certain way for having certain it's, ideas about stuff and this you know? present you know what's weird is present now and like and i have i know people who are in still in like college you know mm -hmm. um pursuing like master's degrees and stuff like that and and I've mm -hmm. had literally people tell me um, shit where it's like things will be said in certain classes and then like right. people will get mad and they'll be like, mm -hmm. how dare you say that? Like, you're not allowed to speak. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's gotten mm -hmm. to like into the sort of like academia where it's like very weird yeah. now. It's like there used to be a time where like you would have professors and most of those professors uh, who if they're even here now are like tenured or like they're just old and retired um yep. there used to be a time where like that 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 space specifically was was a 
a place where you could have certain kinds of discussions that were counter to sort mm-hmm. of like establishment based narratives. And that's not the case anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. corporations have gotten hip to sort of the woke speak. <laughs> I, I mean, I, mean I, th- I think that's it. I feel like the kind of peak of woke is probably over, but it's really exists in capitalism right now yeah. and in corporations right now. Like I was doing a job application a little while ago and uh, I was just like, had to fill in this checklist asking how gay I was. It's like, <laughs> why is it any, like if you straight up asked me who I like to fuck, that would be right. sexual harassment. That how can you just do this? Right. I don't know. It's right. kind of messed up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, 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 we live in a real world where I always say like people, um, I'm very into um, cyberpunk. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, especially now, I mean, I feel like it's a resurgence. The cyberpunk world, yeah. <laughs> but because I think the resurgence of cyberpunk is because we live in a cyberpunk kind of reality. It just people we don't really have do. like we just yeah. people just don't have like the cool sort of like robotic appendages and like. But we're getting there. Like no, it's, but, it's, but it's, the, it started with different kinds of things. Like people yeah. get like Brazilian butt lifts and shit. But we're like five seconds away. Like the idea like, of cyberpunk <laughs> though is that like, there's this kind of corporations. Corporations that, rule everything. Right. It's, it's like I, I read a good description of it once. It's high tech and low life. That's what cyberpunk is, right? And that's the world <laughs> we live in, right? Exactly. Yeah, we totally, literally yeah. live in the cyberpunk reality. Um, mm-hmm. So that shit resonates now even more, um, like to the point where it's just like. I'm watching like some cyberpunk shit and I'm like, yeah, this is like pretty much like I used to think when I saw it when I was younger, I was like, wow, that's like crazy. But now I'm like, yeah, this is yeah. like reality. We're there. We're there. <laughs> like, I, I we're mean, there. Yeah. It's crazy. Like how much science, real science is influenced by science fiction movies and books. And mm-hmm. I mean, I mean the world order that they were, that stuff was either right about a lot of things or it inspired a lot of real things, you know? Yeah, it did. And is, you know, what's funny though. And I'm on this, I'll end this on this note is, is that as much as it predicted the world we live in today, like mm-hmm. it missed the thing that brought it about, which is most of that shit missed the internet. Like the yeah. internet was the thing that was like almost it facilitated that future. Right. That is our present, but it was the one thing that they didn't predict because they just couldn't quite envision it. Like they kind of did. Like the internet was other things, though, in science fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was always very kind of cool. Like you put your sunglasses on and become Johnny Mnemonic, or right, right. But there was no internet. It was just what you could do in that in those sort Mm. of like science fiction worlds. But it's like, oh yeah, but the internet was the thing that like came to reality to make that a reality, and it's like. It's now true. we now because of the internet it's given rise to sort of uh all of those things so i think so inc- so so yeah everybody the world is we're going to it's 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 it's, it's very nihilistic yes it's it's <laughs> right well i mean i think the key, the key is to try to end on a positive note positive is, note Let's end those we, positive. we need to try to hold on to our humanity mm-hmm. within that and recognize that collectively we're all we have you know right. we're all to in your this, smartphones we're, we're far I'm, i've been reading uh rick rubin's book um rick which, rubin has a book yeah. yeah oh oh my god you've got to read this book it's called the creative act oh, cool is, cover yeah you've got to read this book i mean i i i described okay. it on, i described it as a holy text right mm-hmm. and 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 i feel like uh a big a big aspect of any of, of anybody can read this book it doesn't matter if you're you know 
describe yourself as a creative or if you um you know this is not and again i should be getting money for this because i'm plugging this book but whatever <laughs> but uh definitely pick it up um because it, mm-hmm. it, it 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 talks about how like we're all connected right yeah it, talk, it, d- it definitely is about like sort of like promoting sort of like your individual pre- perspective as someone who's creating something whatever your art is right mm-hmm. um and how like people are all creative in some form or fashion but we're still all connected right and on, on to, to your point, it, which is like we're all kind of we 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 all need each other as as hyper individualistic mm-hmm. as America is. And I know you live in Canada, but I, I feel like uh, I feel like Canada Junior. is America yeah. still, it you know, is. whatever. Yeah. You know, we're this the West. Right. It's still North America as, mm-hmm. as Westerners, as people of, 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 of who are in America, um, as hyper individualistic of a society that we live in. Um, we can't do none of this shit is possible. None of we can't even be communicating on Zoom. We couldn't be having, you know, we couldn't be doing none of this without other people. Like, because right. neither one of us know how Zoom works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, our, no our, <laughs> like, like none of this shit works without like it's a collective effort. Like all of the, the way we exist is a collective effort. Um, mm-hmm. And and you're listening to a podcast that's called Mutual Aberration Society. Emphasis on society. Like mm-hmm. society is a group of people that live amongst each other. So to end this episode on a positive note is that to say is that like you listen, like society collectively, we need to get together, form a vigilante band, and start killing and castrating <laughs> these motherfuckers. <laughs> Was that a collective idea at the end? <laughs> no, I agree with you. Yeah. Power to the people. <laughs> That's true. I think I think we all feel disempowered. All you fools have more power than you think. Just and this is a movie that does do that. So watch, watch. Um, you know, it's you can get it. It's, you can watch it on YouTube for free. That is always an option. I'm gonna do can, that. I want to see the long version. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit longer. Um, or you can rent it for four bucks on Amazon. Um, but it is a movie that does promote sort of like people making change outside the system. Yeah, yeah. It's got a revolutionary <laughs> angle to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it doesn't all end well for them, but it's yes. true. So uh and thank you again, Mark. As always, uh I appreciate your perspective and I love having you on. Oh, um, I love being on, man. Thanks for having me. It was a yeah a good for, conversation as thanks always. Thanks for uh yeah. being willing to a little go over the time limit a little bit. <laughs> and uh, yep. uh as yep. always uh I don't ever know how to end podcasts so i end them by saying it's over By the light, my candles. Two bad bitches gon' shake in tandem. Smoking on strong, hit hard like Gannon. Weight of my words make jaws take damage. I was just seeing what's cracking on Candler. Now bitch see me on TV channels. Nigga think I ain't got my heat. I reach in my pit like Molly Shannon. Beating out the blotly shit, dismantle. Call the bitch gap band, pussy outstanding. Ass so fat, left a nigga in shambles. Crying in the club like Shotty from Scandal. Pop shit off it. My niggas some brolic scholars, making examples. All my friends unstable. Zach Fox look like Fred Hammond. Big old bag on me, little bitch needs some. I told her, say la vie I'm so high, can't see I'm fresh as fuck It ain't a stain on me Niggas hate on me But on my dick, that's what they fail to see Nigga, I don't want your bitch She can't even dress in a whole crib Smell like feet Lame-ass niggas approach 
with caution. Big ass stick, nigga, look like a shaman. Turn y'all niggas to a Jackson Pollock. Ass so fast, she can move tectonics. Damn, that nigga been blossom. That's why the little bitch keep a costin'. Even when shit get ugly, nigga, I do my dance like Carlton. Sipping my tea by the light, my candles. Two bad bitches gon' shake in tandem. Smoking on strong, hit hard like Gannon. Weight of my words make jaws take damage. I was just seeing what's cracking on Candler. Now bitch see me on TV channels. Nigga think I ain't got my heat. I reach in my pit like Molly Shannon. <laughs>